Welcome to Everything Scary. My name is Lynn, and I'm here with my sister Haley. My interests consist of everything true crime, but Haley, not so much. She signed on here to be with me and let me hurl true crime facts at her. And every week, my goal is for her not to walk out on me. I hope you like what you hear, and if so, please leave a five-star rating. And if you don't, thank you for your time. Here we go. I think we should probably touch on why Haley isn't here right now. My sister had a baby recently, and uh, we've got her dad and her mom here. So she, I think anybody who heard the Paul and Carla episode could hear poor Peyton crying in the background. Haley's going to take a bit of a maternity leave type thing. Yes. So now we have my old dear friend, Nadine. Old. You are super old. I'm only a year younger than you. Come on. (laughs) So Nadine and I have uh, been friends since we started working together at KFC in our teens. I think I was 16. Nadine was 15. Yes. And uh, she also shares the true crime enthusiasm. Is that weird? No, I don't (laughs) think now it's weird. Um, And even at the time that I actually figured out that we were both into true crime, it was kind of a freak accident because this was when we were we were working together, but it was not at KFC. Oh, okay. um, Because like after we worked at KFC, after we did our careers at KFC. And we moved I'm on. I'm still getting to, my pension from then. I mean, same. You get royalty checks, right? Right. Yeah. So after we moved on from that, and we worked at a couple of other places together. AIC. Yeah. Collection and, agency. Yeah. And we waitressed and bartended together. Yep. I had actually walked into work one day, and I went to start my shift. You were ending a shift, and I walked behind the bar, and there was a book on top of the bar. It was Paul and Carla, wasn't it? It was. It was the Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka case. Do you know that? I used because this was before I was driving. I used to carry a different book around with me so that I could put my Paul and Carla book into it and read it. And people on the bus didn't think I was a weirdo. Like you were hiding it. One thousand percent, I was hiding. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> but we were reading the same exact book at exactly the same time, and really? I was like, "Oh my god!" I don't think you ever told that. She's to me. an effing weirdo like me, <laughs> and that's how we knew that we were meant to be. <laughs> And we just had lunch together, and I think we've re rebonded and decided that yeah, we did absolutely. We need and to kick all our husbands of the people out. in the adjacent booths. Of <laughs> you know, got up and moved away. Yeah. Okay, so you're moving in later on today, right? Absolutely, perfect. Thank yeah. God. Okay, so here we have the case, and this is a really new case, Nadine. Gabby Petito. It hurt. This case really hurts my heart. Very new. Okay, so the case I'm about to dive into is an extremely current case. It only went viral in August of 2021. So I'm very sure that there are going to be some open wounds and strong opinions. Uh, This came as a request, and that's why I'm doing it so soon. Okay. We basically have to thank social media um, because day one of this case, we were all completely in in it. Um, The news almost makes you feel like you're in it with them without even knowing them. My triggers today are for domestic violence from a spouse and murder. So this is the story of Gabby Petito. Gabrielle Venora Petito was born on March 19th, 1999. I was already in grade nine by then. Yeah, I was in grade eight. We're so old. Yeah, we are. Um, To Nicole Schmidt and Joseph Petito. Gabby's parents got divorced when she and her brother TJ were very young. They had married young and the marriage did not work, but the couple had co-parenting down to an art, which is so hard to say nowadays. Yes, it is. Very. Um, Gabby's dad, Joe, 
went on to marry his second wife, Tara, and her mom, Nicole, went on to marry Jim. And just like that, Gabby had four parents. They all worked together, and by all accounts, everyone seemed to share love and respect, and it just worked. She was born and raised in Blue Point, New York, which is on Long Island and only has a population of about 5,000. I actually looked it up. It was less than 5,000. Oh, really? It's very small. Oh, never heard of it. Because it's so small. Yeah. (laughs) Um, She went to Bayport Blue Point High School, which is, um, it's very hard to say. Say that five times fast. Bayport Blue Point. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And graduated in 2017. A year before that, a young man by the name of Brian Laundrie graduated from the same high school. Laundry? Laundry. Spell it. L-A-U-N-D-R-I-E. Uh, yeah, laundry. Thank okay. You. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> and they were friendly acquaintances, but when Brian graduated, the pair stopped talking. In 2018, the couple ran into each other at a party. And soon after that, they went on their first official date to a sushi restaurant, which is way better than what, what was the other case that I did? That was, oh, Lacey and Scott, where they went fly fishing or fly, something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good grief. That's, that's reaching. <laughs> that is definitely reaching. Um, they had completely fallen for each other and they had so much in common. They loved the outdoor adventures, clean eating and doing their part to save the planet. I do not. <laughs> clean eating, not for you. No, right? not no. for me. And in March of 2019, the two began officially dating. Soon after, Brian's family was moving from New York to Florida. And there was gonna, he was going to live there, obviously. He was you know, just graduated high school. Right. Um, so he asked Gabby if she wanted to move in with him. And she was head over heels for him. And she said yes. She wanted to move to Florida to be with Brian. All right, then. So the pair moved to 4343 Wabasso Avenue, Northport, Florida. They both worked at a Publix grocery store until she got a job at a restaurant. And that was where she worked for her manager, Brooke Carpenter. Brooke had nothing but shining things to say about Gabby. She said that Gabby would hand out compliments to everyone. She just liked to see other people happy. And even if it was something as, te- something as simple as telling somebody that their hair looked good after a long shift, she just, she wanted to do that. Well, you want to make them tips, right? Well, I'm, I, she would say it to like also her, her, Co-workers, she'd be like, you know what? You worked this eight-hour shift, but you look so good still. You never told me that. I, well, you didn't, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's okay. I distinctly remember you coming in for an interview to KFC, and somebody was like, who's that? And I was like, I don't know. It's probably the new hire, some bimbo. Some dumb bitch. Yeah. And a couple <laughs> weeks later, lo and behold, the dumb bimbo walks in. And now we're best friends. That's <laughs> how <laughs> so all great friendships start. You call somebody an idiot. Um... So, yeah, she said that everybody gravitated to Gabby and there was not a single person that didn't want to be around her. Same with me, Bimbo. Uh Mm -hmm. A year after dating on July 2nd of 2020, the two drove to Gilmer County, Georgia, um, to Deep South Farm, which is a beautiful venue um, for like weddings, graduations, quinceañeras. Quinceañeras. Mm -hmm. Yes. I just went to one, so that's why I know that word. Um, And that was when... Brian proposed to Gabby and she said yes. And they were how old at this point? 14? Gabby, Gabby was 20 and Brian was 21. Okay. Yikes. So moving to Florida to be with Brian definitely came with its negatives. And one of those was that she left all of her friends and her family behind. So she decided to go on a friend finding app. All right. Yep. So Rose Davis was also a young woman who was looking for friends when she received a sweet message from Gabby and it read, 
you seem so cool. I really want to be your friend. Can we? Gabby. You're making a face, but I think that's really cute. I would not. But yeah, you know, that's, yeah, it's cute. Sure. You're mean. <laughs> <laughs> and the two hit it off. They were BFFs from the first time they met. The two would do cute TikToks together and they really got one another. Brian had started acting very jealous when it came to who Gabby talked to. Like, I couldn't imagine if they stayed in New York because think about how isolated she was in Florida yeah. and how she didn't have any of her close friends there. Yeah. And she met one person and he started and going off the rails about out. it. So like if she had to spend time with her family and like friends that she had already established friendships with. That would have been a huge issue. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he had started acting very jealous with who she talked to. In one instance, it was said that a woman working at a store once noticed a tattoo that Gabby had and she was asking her about it. And Brian kept trying to interject. Like she was having this conversation with this lady and he was like, tell her you're engaged to me. Tell, tell her that we're engaged. Tell her that I proposed to you. Like he just wanted everyone to know that, that she was, was like his property. Exactly. So he's already douchey. Okay. So he wanted people to know that he was connected with this beautiful, right. charismatic yeah. woman. So when Gabby started hanging out with Rose more frequently, it really upset Brian. According to Rose, one night they had decided to go to a bar together. And when Gabby told Brian, he became visibly annoyed. And then later on, when they got to the bar, Gabby's ID was mysteriously missing out of her wallet, uh, therefore foiling their plans. And Brian later admitted to taking it. He said it was just a joke, but. No, it wasn't it. a joke. He's just a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Gabby tried to see past that. She knew that he had anxiety and summed up a lot of his behaviors to him having a chemical imbalance. There's medication for that. I think and there's other. A lot of people have chemical imbalances. And yeah. They don't. Yeah. There's a lot of outlets for that. There's a lot of things you can do. People you can call. People you can talk to. But he's all about clean living, right? So. Even clean living, there are still many, 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 many resources available for people who suffer from any type of mental illness, anxiety, what have you. No reason to be a douche canoe. One thousand percent. Oh, God. I say that on every single podcast. I When I listen back to them, I'm like. You can't have a thousand percent stupid. Why do I keep saying that? <laughs> That's fine. It's charming. Gabby had always loved traveling. She had done some traveling during high school and even more so after she graduated. Now, what she wanted to do was travel across the country to the national parks and record her trip. With him. With him. Mm. I think Gabby's, her plan initially was to do all of this, but she was so head over heels for him that it kind of work Got its in way into way. her plans. Mm, sure. Yeah. So her dream was to get a van and turn it into a tiny home and then just travel and experience things. To me, the shower thing is a problem. Yeah, already I don't like this. Like, I'll get into it. Hold on. So, uh, and hopefully she would be able to get enough followers to be able to gain monetarily from it. That's where we were going with it. Okay. Yeah. And that's just what she did. Gabby saved her money and worked her butt off, and she bought a 2012 Ford White Transit van. 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 Good for her. They completely gutted the back of the van and turned it into this beautiful space. It had pictures hung up, and it just looked super modern and pretty. Like, have you seen those tiny homes? I've seen the tiny homes. I am an HGTV uh, junkie, so if you turn on any TV in my house, it's just automatically on. HGTV. Um, have you? Do you know what a Ford Transit van is? Have you seen one? Well, because of Gabby, I have. Oh, okay. Seen. It's the classic like John and eight plus eight. John yeah. and Kate plus eight van. Oh, so you're just living off reality TV right now? 
<laughs> Basically. Yes. Okay. So the back of Gabby's van, she had pictures and she had plants on nights. She has nightstands. Nightstands. Yeah. And like the full pillow arrangement on her bed. Like it was super cute. Was that in the east or the west wing? <laughs> it was in the back. I guess the south. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> so July seemingly went well by all accounts. So on July 2nd, sorry, of 2021, the couple set out on their adventure. Um, but they did not plan to come back until November. It's a long trip. That's a long trip to be yeah. with one person in such small quarters. In a van. Without a shower. Without a shower. That's my biggest problem. Yeah. I'll go to the bathroom anywhere. I don't care. Just I need to shower myself off after sleeping. Yeah. I'm, um, I've, I've been married for a number of years now. And um, so you don't shower anymore? <laughs> the showering is not the issue. It's the bathroom thing. You need more than one bathroom when you're married. No, but even like, I don't know. Like I can't, I can't, I can't go to the bathroom in front of my husband. Are you for real? I'm serious. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. You guys still have some mystery. That's cute. I know. I try to maintain <laughs> that little bit of romance. Oh, God. You're, I'm, I'm sitting here just finding you sexy. Yeah, you've watched me, by the second. <laughs> he's watched me birth children, but you will not stand in this bathroom while I do anything. <laughs> okay. Well, July seemingly went well by all accounts, but this case is the classic Instagram versus real life scenarios. Okay. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Okay. So Gabby, by nature, is happy and carefree and wanted to see the world and just be loved and enjoy her best life. Brian is much darker, and it even shows through his Instagram. While Gabby was always happy and upbeat and trying to spread joy, Brian would often post his quote-unquote art, and a lot of it was just creepy. One of his drawings showed a skeleton reaching for the sky in all red, and it looks like the skeleton's screaming while on fire. Okay. Mm-hmm. Art is a very interpretive It's quote-unquote. Thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So July passed, and when it came to Gabby's posts, they seemed to slow down quite a bit in August. Gabby only posted about four times in August. Sure, because he was with her in the van, like up her ass 24 hours a day. But here's the thing is that she's an influencer. You can't post that seldomly when you're an influencer. That, true. But Gabby was always trying to post all these happy things and like her and him kissing and like they just loved each sure. other. And-, and he was just over there trying to be a dark cloud. Yeah, exactly. Right. So on August 12th, Gabby posted some beautiful photos. Uh, of her and Brian sitting on top of a giant rock and like it looked like a cannon kind of place. I remember seeing this picture, yes. Yeah. Uh, she was doing an amazing job of making it look like they were so happy and living their dream. But on that same day in Moab, Idaho, oh, sorry, Utah, Moab, Utah, okay. the police department received a 911 call from a man who stated that he had witnessed a domestic assault. He said that he had witnessed a bearded man strike a girl and then she walked away and he followed her and hit her again. And that was when they loaded into the white van with Florida plates and sped off. The two of them. Yeah. Luckily, officers were able to track down the white van with Florida plates. As they pursued the van, uh, they documented that it was going 20 miles per hour over the limit. The cops turned on their lights for the van to pull over. And when they did, the van actually jumped a curb before finally pulling over. Do you remember all this? No. No. Officers... Eric Pratt and Daniel Robbins were the ones to pull the van over. They went to talk to the occupants of the van, 
This was all caught on body cam video. Okay. So you can watch the entire thing. Mm. Gabby was hysterical. Uh, and Brian was cool as a cucumber. He was driving. He was driving. Okay. Gabby was in the passenger. Mm -hmm. uh, the off the officer separated the two, and it was Officer Eric Pratt who took talked to Gab Gabby. Sorry, I just wanted to say right off the hop that I genuinely feel bad for this officer. Um, he's been scrutinized, and people have screamed that he does not ho know how to do his job. But to me, if you watch it, he's just being empathetic. Right. He's not. He he wants them to be fine and just go about their life and not have charges and bail and all that kind of stuff. He just wants. And he's kind to her. Like he talks about him and his wife and like everybody has problems and this and that. Like he didn't think it was going to turn into what it turned into. No, of course not. Um, he's very, I said, he's being very empathetic and asked her multiple times if she had been hurt by Brian. So, so he was doing his job. He cared, but somebody ha usually has to be arrested in that situation. Gabby is consistently apologizing. She says she's sorry that he had to pull them over and that she was to blame because she yanked Brian's arm um, from the wheel and made him jump that curb. She said that she hit him first and that he, she was being mean to him earlier in that day um, and because he was tracking dirt into the van. She said that she, she cries that she has OCD and that's the reason she was upset by him tracking dirt into the van as she was cleaning it out. Okay. I think she was kind of like, you know, I think as women, we can like begrudgingly try to clean up an area and be like a little bit bitchy. Yeah, I, I guess. So that was, she was apologizing for that. She was being mean. Um, so she blamed herself for everything. Meanwhile, we can see Brian talking to the other officer, which is Daniel Robbins. And he is just burrowing out with this guy. Brian is as cool as a cucumber and he's talking in the most relatable tone. He's saying, Gabby gets herself into a tizzy and she's basically just a crazy girl. And he was trying to keep her off of him. Well, she was attacking him the entire time. And you can see Brian looking over the officer's shoulder to try to see if he can figure out what's going on with Gabby and the other police officer. Oh, so they had separated them. They had separated them point. at this point. Yes. Okay. And he said to Daniel Robbins, he said, I hope she isn't over there talking badly about me. Oh, yeah. That sends up a few flags. Uh, this interaction with the body cam footage lasts one hour and 17 minutes. Holy and Gabby is hysterical and terrified the entire time. The officers end up leaving the couple out of jail, which during a domestic dispute, they're supposed to put one of the two people in jail. But okay. they told Gabby if she allowed Brian to go to a hotel that night and stayed in her van, um, then they would, and if they had no contact for 24 hours, that's what they would do. And did they? They did. Mm -hmm. So Brian was allowed to stay in a hotel and it was paid for by victim services dollars. Wow. Yeah, in the state okay. of Utah. And he probably got to have a nice shower and sleep in a nice spacious bed. A shower. Yeah. All while Gabby was alone in her van. If I were Gabby, I would have driven away in the night. Been like, F you. And you know what? It's funny because her friend Rose, the one from the, app, the friend app. Yep. She was like, just leave. Like, you don't need to deal with this. And Gabby was like, I can't. No, girl, you can. You can. You should have. On August 19th, Gabby made a post talking about how much she hates it when people litter. And in the post, it seems as though Gabby is laying on her bed and Brian is sitting on the end of it. And you can see out the van into the desert. And then on August 25th, 2021, Gabby makes her final post. And this post has become infamous now. Mm -hmm. 
It is Gabby and standing in front of a monarch butterfly mural. Have you seen this one? Yes. And she's got a tiny knitted pumpkin in her hand. Mm -hmm. And it says, happy Halloween. She is as beautiful as ever. But the thing that people noticed was there was no location tagged, which she always tagged where she was. Mm -hmm. And there was no hashtags. And Gabby was big on hashtags. If you're an influencer, you have to do hashtags, You have to, right? Mm -hmm. So there was no hashtags, no location. And it's at Happy Halloween in August. Strange. Yeah. It was just all a little strange. <laughs> just a little. We are on the same, same, <laughs> same <page>. wavelength. <laughs> um, it could be nothing but a cute photo op, but internet sleuths seem to feel as if there was something more sinister behind the post. Because there would be. Mm-hmm. On August 27th of 2021, Gabby's mom, Nicole, received a strange message from her daughter. Did you hear about this one? Uh, yes. This is kind of a big deal. So it said, can you help Stan? I keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. This has caused a major uproar because although Gabby's grandfather was named Stan, she would never, ever refer to him by his name. Right. Um, but some believe it may have been Brian either trying to pretend that he was Gabby or it may have been Gabby sending a weird message to her mom to hopefully alert her that something was wrong without tipping off Brian. I think it was Brian. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Um, another thing that I came across when I was researching it mm-hmm. was that Stan actually stands for send, send the authorities now. D- did she know that? That's the thing. Who knows, right? I- I've seen it in a few different places, but I've never seen anything po- like before like all publicly, of this happened. Yeah. Y- yeah. To to send that, to try and send that message to her mother, but then before when they were pulled over by the police, it Not was to like she was on the total yeah. opposite end of the spectrum there. That's actually a really good point. Being if I was to send my mom something that said Stan in it, she'd be like, who's Stan? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Tina, Tina, Tina would probably message you back. It'd be like, Linny, <laughs> I don't know who Stan is. Help me. Um, so like I said, I've never heard of that. <clears throat> I can even, conf- I can't even confirm that that's a thing. But it has been said online, so maybe Gabby knew something that I don't. and Or maybe it's just the internet looking for answers that aren't there. Maybe. On August 29th, it was Gabby's friend Rose's birthday. They had made plans for Gabby to get in touch with Rose on that day. However, her birthday came and went without a call. Rose said that she noticed, but she wasn't concerned or upset. She was sure when Gabby had the chance, or if she had any signals, yeah, right. that she would give her a call. Mm-hmm. Once it reached the 8th or the 9th of September, Rose started to feel as though something wasn't quite right. Gabby would have made contact by now. Yeah, I probably would have sent a text the day of. Yeah, or the day after. Yeah. Have you bladed? Yeah. On August 30th is the last time Nicole, Gabby's mom, would receive a text from her daughter's cell phone. It read, no service in Yosemite. Which Nicole found very confusing because the last time she'd spoken to her daughter, Gabby, she had said that they were going to Teton National Park. Not Yosemite. Right. And this is something that you wouldn't make a quick detour to go to. It was mm-hmm. a 15-hour drive. And she had every aspect of her trip planned out, out exactly. to that point. Yep. And this was the only thing that she had ever seen that referred to Yosemite. Right. Uh, Nicole said that going a couple of days without hearing from Gabby was not overly concerning. Her last message did state that she had no service. And maybe that was true. 
But eight or nine days not hearing a single word from her daughter, she began to worry. That's a little strange. Mm -hmm. Nicole was calling Brian's parents, Roberta and Chris, and she said that she found it so strange because they were not answering. And Nicole kept thinking, she's potentially telling these people that their kid's missing. Like, at first, she wasn't just saying, I can't get a hold of Gabby. No. She was like, I don't know where the kids are. Yeah. And like, so to her, that was, their son is also missing. Like, call me. Let's talk about yeah, this. Yeah, something is up. Something is going on. Exactly. And I'm concerned. And you as the parents, why are you not con as concerned as I am? Exactly. Yeah. So Brian had come home on September 1st without Gabby. Just showed up all by his lonesome. In her van. In her transit van. In her transit van without her. Um. So they had quietly gone on a camping trip uh, on September 6th or 7th to DeSoto Park in Florida. And the family had registered to stay at the park. It is speculated that this was also to devise a plan for what was going to happen. Mm. Yeah. They needed some time away to get their, their alibis together. Exactly. Mm. Did they ever end up touching on the, on the fact that Nicole's mother was trying to actively reach out to them. Yes. I'll, t I'll, I'll tell you all the aftermath afterwards. Okay. Yeah. So they went camping in Florida and the family had registered to stay at the park. And it is speculated that it was also to devise a plan as to what was going to happen. What is a little bit eerie about this case too, and the, actually the reason I know about this case, is that Gabby was a huge true crime podcast lover. Uh, she even posted in January of 2021 that she was obsessed with Morbid. That is my favorite. Mm, mm -hmm. I've sourced them a couple times in my podcast. But um, they're who got me into podcasts. Like when COVID hit yep. and I had to figure out something to do, <laughs> that I was started listening thing. to true crime podcasts and Morbid yep. was the one that I listened to. Um, and they said off of the top of their show once, we've, it's come to our understanding that one of our fans has gone missing. Oh. Yeah. And so every time that they would release a podcast – they would give like little updates and whatnot right. on where they stood in the case. Mm -hmm. But on September 10th, Nicole called Suffolk, Suffolk County Police. Okay. Okay. S-U-F-F-O-L-K. Can I see it? Suffolk. 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 You're Suffolk. <laughs> <laughs> and the next day, she would go into the 5th precinct. She would file a missing persons report on September 11th. The Suffolk police made contact with the Florida police and found out that Brian had actually arrived home, but his parents and him were not talking. Dun, dun, dun. Brian had returned home in Gabby's van with no Gabby. Nicole said when she heard that her daughter was gone, this to her mm -hmm. said that Gabby wasn't alive anymore. Like right. when she heard that Gabby, she's not, she's not going to be standing out there in a field when Brian's 48 hours away driving. No, absolutely not. Uh, this was why her calls weren't being returned and the laundry family had gone silent and only provided officers with their attorney's information. Ooh. How could a fellow mother allow Nicole to go through this nightmare? How right. could she not just tell them where her baby was? It's disgusting. These are vile people. Extremely. I mean, they're trying to help their son. I guess. Uh, no. At what cost? 100% no. On September 13th of 2021, the, store, the story hit the media. Gabby's beautiful, smiling face was everywhere. Her mom took to Facebook to find Gabby, and it went viral. Gabby was last seen, according to tips, near Teton National Park on August 27, 2021. It was also one of the last times she used the app Dirt. 
which is meant for campers and hypers, 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 hikers. I'm not sure what that is, <laughs> hikers to share their location. So that's where the search began. Okay. It's like geotagging, but with hiking. Yeah, I don't. You're not into that, eh? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're still, no, we're in that age category where we're like still struggling with gardening. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy gardening. It's very okay. relaxing. No, we're still struggling with that whole like, you know, location. Speak for yourself. I have a podcast. <laughs> Let's just tell everybody in the world where you are. Are you comfortable with that? Are you good with that? No. No, no. me neither. <laughs> they scoured any CCTV in that area. Mm -hmm. So they were able to locate her and they were going through all of the security camera videos. Literally hundreds of hours of CCTV. And after a while, they caught a break. You see their van pull into the parking lot of Whole Foods on August 27th, 2021. Gabby walks in with her arms crossed, but like, not like, you know how one arm goes under? Mm -hmm. She's got, she's holding herself. So in a very like apprehensive It's like a, way. like a self-soothing kind of hug. Uh -huh. um, the two are clearly with one another, but it does not look like they talk the entire time they're in there. Like they're separate, but together. Mm -hmm. um, if, anything, they're not affectionate. <laughs> you can see the tension between the two of them just from the security videos. Right. Uh, they go in, look around, and leave without purchasing anything. Weird. The FBI uh, confiscated the white van. They search it and release it. But the van was in the laundry's driveway for 10 whole days before it was even on the police's radar. Because remember, Brian got home on September 1st. Yep. But Gabby's mom didn't even file a missing persons report until the 11th. That's right. So Brian was there for 10 days without any eyes on him. No. And still parents. Right. Yeah. And they're not, not answering calls. They're not doing anything. anything mm -hmm. of like, well, this isn't your van. Um, where is your girlfriend? Yeah. And she lived with them. Remember, she moved to Florida yeah. to be with them. So yeah. like they knew of Gabby as like their other daughter. So they just assumed... Uh, they she had, she had such a great time in Yosemite that she just decided to... <laughs> just gonna send for my things i'm just gonna live here from gonna, now on I'm, I'm living in this tree now this is me <laughs> uh so the laundry family attorney steven bert anelino bert okay alino bertolino okay got it yeah made a statement from the laundries that was some bullshit about hoping gabby made it home safe like he was just like yeah the laundry family says but like, you have her van and you were with her you left her somewhere. You also, didn't just wake up and she was gone. Also, we're going to find out that Brian had her debit card. So Gabby's, God, if she's shit. potentially alive out there, she's got no, no vehicle, money, no, no money. Nothing. Yeah. nothing. Um, they knew damn well where she was and she was not making it home safely. No. And that's why they were hiding behind their attorney. They're guilty cowards. Would have had them arrested immediately. <laughs> <laughs> just, because, just because you know what i feel like you guys listen your son has already proven to be kind of a shady piece of shit um so you're just arresting people I think right you guys are shady pieces of shit by association because you're clearly covering for him we're gonna go ahead and hold you we don't know for what yet exactly but we're gonna go ahead and hold that you. was Haley wanted to arrest the attorney of paul bernardo because he withheld the tapes he watched them and he withheld them and i he, mean you and Haley should start up your own police department and then you can just... Where we just go and do things that are like morally and... Just vigilante stuff. Just ethically gray. And yeah. You're but we feel now. that it's this right. Is you. <laughs> Gabby's parents responded through their own attorney, Rick Sanford, 
which is a lot easier to say. Agreed. And it went as follows. We believe you know the location of where Brian left Gabby. We beg you to tell us. As a parent, how could you let us go through this pain and not help us? Uh Uh-huh. On September 17th, six days after Gabby had been reported missing, it became known that Brian was now also missing. I did quotations in the air. Yes, air quotes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian wasn't missing. He was hiding. Clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, And his parents didn't know where he was. They hadn't seen him since the 14th. Sure. They're just so like, these, these parents are just so chill. They're like, hey, you just got home, got a Yeah, band. whatever. She's no missing, girlfriend. he's missing. I, it's, it's, Every, just, it's just another Tuesday. Everyone's missing. It's fine. We'll figure it out. This local park that Brian was allegedly hiking through is 2,500 acres and has 80 miles of walking area. This place is huge, and it's said that it's actually the size of Manhattan, New York. Holy. 50 officers and FBI agents combed through the park trying to locate Brian, and people were pissed. The Laundries were instantly one of the most hated families in America. Complete and total social pariahs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, they kind of deserve it. Yep. And not without its warrant, I said. People would scream and held signs outside of the house and demand to know where Gabby was. Meanwhile, Jen and Kyle Buffoon were a couple who were also exploring Teton Park in August. Jen had gotten tagged in a post about Gabby, and she remembered that they had actually seen a white van with Florida plates while they were driving through the park. She remembered it because she wanted to stop and say hi because they too were from Florida. Hmm. But the van looked closed up, and maybe they were sleeping or out hiking, so Jen and her family just kept going. But when the description of the van was all over the news, Jen went back to look over her videos. And sure enough, there it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On September 19th of 2021, Jen called the FBI, which, is there just a landline for the FBI? That How you do dial? you call, just, can you Google it? Just FBI number. You're like, hi, FBI. <laughs> <laughs> is this the FBI? Yeah. Yes. Hi, this is Lynn. <laughs> um, and she was then directed to the Gabby Petito tip line, where she uploaded the video. And that gave the cops a very good lead. The video in which they had seen the van was on August 27th, around 6.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. So by any account, August 27th. Yeah. Last day we see Gabby. Right. Hours later, the announcement went out that Gabby had been found deceased. The officer that found her said that she was laying on her side with her hands tucked under her head, almost as if she was sleeping. So she was placed that way. Mm -hmm. But he said the reason he noticed that she wasn't asleep and what made the position she was in look odd was that Gabby actually was on a small hill and her head was facing down. And just instinctually as humans, we you would be the other way around. You go on the incline. Yeah. I personally wouldn't be laying on a hill. I don't think you've ever seen a hill. With my hands tucked under my head. Have you? What? You've never even seen a hill. You're uh, just... Uh, Nadine's just getting hotels everywhere. I've, <laughs> I've seen them in pictures. <laughs> no. There's an Ed Sheeran song, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they had found her nonetheless. When the coroner report came back, it was deemed a homicide by manual strangulation. Oh. So they actually let it slip that it appeared as though Gabby had been the victim of domestic violence for a while now. So she had old, old injuries. Yes. 
the reason you can tell it's manual st- or strangulation is because you can see the finger imprints. Mm-hmm. Um, As opposed to ligature marks from exactly something. Mm-hmm. Gabby's parents were heartbroken and beyond devastated. Her dad, Joe, took to social media and only posted, she touched the world. It's horrible. After Gabby was found, police and FBI agents showed up at the laundry home with a battering ram. Do you know what that is? Yes, I do. It's that big tube with the handles. With the handles, yep. um, Which is used to knock down doors. And they showed up with a warrant. I would like to have a battering ram just because. Kicking around? Yeah, for like when my like, daughter goes I upstairs my and she's like, I'm going to be in my room. I just want to go through there with one of those. <laughs> um, on September 20th, they really amped up the search to get Brian. The terrain was mostly underwater at the time in that park that they had gone to in mm-hmm. Florida. Um, it, it was making it really difficult for them to look for Brian because it was all underwater. Swampy and stuff. Exactly. Sure. Uh, on October 20th, 2021, which was 49 days since Brian had returned to Florida without Gabby and 33 days since officers had been combing the reserve. Brian's parents decided that they finally wanted to help in the search. And Oh, after... Okay, yep. yeah, okay. They were able to locate some of his items within 30 minutes of leaving their house. Shocking. Yeah. And they directed law enforcement in that direction... Although the terrain had been high before, the laundries located Brian's perfectly dry backpack, but human remains were found where the terrain had been higher. Dental records confirmed that it was, in fact, Brian Laundry. Mm-hmm. He shot himself in the head. Brian had left behind his dry backpack with his journal inside, and in it, he wrote of the killing of Gabby Petito. In this, his journal? Yeah. Just wait. The grown man had a, he had a journal? He had a journal. Okay. And I have to say that right up until the end, this guy was a piece of shit. The explanation he gives is complete and utter bullshit. Let me just say this right now. The reason he had to kill Gabby was because she always was and always would be too good for him. Yes, she was. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't handle it. He did not have complete and utter control over her, and that enraged him. He saw her as his property, and if he had have loved her, he would not have physically hurt her, and he would have also let her go on and live her life without him if that was her decision. That's what any sane person would do. Mm -hmm. But he was a coward, and it is so sad that now her family has to go on without her. People that she could have met don't get to feel that joy that she could have spread. It's so sad, and it was so senseless. Just a beautiful life gone too soon. That's absolute and complete bullshit. Well, here's what Brian said happened. Also, I wrote in my notes, 100% bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's acting like their plan crashed atop, uh, sorry, he's acting like their plane crashed atop of Everest. These injuries that don't seem that bad. So basically what Brian said happened was they were crossing a creek and Gabby slipped and she fell. And she started to scream. And so Brian went like over. Like somebody was assaulting her? Right. Okay. So Brian went over and he picked her up and he carried her back and her foot hurt and her leg hurt and he just had mercy kill her. Oh, uh, because she would never, she would never heal from her injuries. Right. Also, they had a van. Yeah. So. That could have driven them out of there. But he had to. To seek medical attention mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. necessary. She said her head hurt and she was just begging to be put out of her misery. 
So he had a mercy killer. What? I mean, clearly if he your was kid falls no down and rips himself, what do you do? Oh, gone. Hundred percent. Hi. Hundred percent. Like on the farms when a horse breaks its leg. Glue factory. Ju- yeah. No. Gone. Sorry. See you later. We're not even gonna. What? You need a, te- just a tensor will fix it? No. 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 So that's what Brian said happened. He was. He thought it was merciful. Um, in his notebook, he wrote to Gabby. He said, Gabby, I wish I was right by your side. I wish I could be talking to you right now. I'd be going through every memory we made, getting even more excited for the future, but we lost our future. I can't live without you. I've lost every day we could have spent together. (laughs) Shut up, Brian. Loser. And then he wrote, I'm sorry to everyone this will affect. Gabby was the love of my life. And I know how adored by many she was. I'm so very sorry to her family because I love them and I'd consider her younger siblings my best friends. No, you don't. He then goes on to ask people that that people do not make it harder for his parents because this was an unexpected tragedy. Disagree. Hard disagree. He says, rushing back to our car, trying to cross the stream before it got too dark to see, too cold, I hear a splash and a scream. I could barely see. I couldn't find her for a moment. I shouted her name. I found her. Breathing heavily, gasping. She was freezing cold. And then he writes some... Were they running in the dark (laughs) in the Arctic? Nadine, also we're too old to have this discussion. (laughs) (laughs) We don't go outside that much. No. (laughs) Like, maybe to the end of the driveway. (laughs) To get your mail. That's it. The temperature had dropped to freezing and she was soaking wet carried her as far as I could from the stream towards the car, stumbling, exhausted, in shock, when my, and I knew I couldn't safely carry her. I started a fire and spooned her as close as to the heat. She was so thin. She had already been freezing for too long. I couldn't at the time realize I should have started the fire first, but I wanted her out of the cold to the car. From where I started the fire, I had no idea how far the car might be, only knew it was across the creek. When I pulled Gabby out of the water, I couldn't tell what hurt. She had a small bump on her forehead that eventually got larger. Her feet hurt, her wrist hurt, but she was freezing and shaking violently. While I carried her, she continually made sounds of pain. Laying next to her, she said, between violent shakes and gasping pain, begging for an end to her pain. She would fall asleep and I would shake her awake, fearing that she shouldn't close her eyes if she had a concussion. It's like she would wake in pain and you would wake her up. You'd make her wake up so that you could see that she was alive, but then you killed her? Yes. I, I still want to know <laughs> how far were they from the... Where were they? <laughs> they, they were like 100 miles on foot away from their vehicle. They could have made it back They to had vehicle. to seek refuge in a cave <laughs> overnight so they wouldn't succumb to the they're cold. Like, they're like Mowgli from the giant or the uh, jungle book. But seriously, <laughs> but but with cold. they weren't wearing little like they had to seek a nearby polar bear and kill it and skin it for warmth and sustenance like what i don't get it i know um so only that she was in extreme pain i ended her life i thought it was merciful that is what she wanted but now i see all the mistakes i made i panicked i was in shock but from that moment i decided took away her pain i knew i couldn't go on without her You're just a giant piece of shit. There's more. He's got more. I rushed home to spend any time I had left with my family. I wanted to drive north and let James, which is Gabby's stepdad, or her brother TJ, kill me. 
but I wouldn't want them to spend time in jail over my mistake, even though I'm sure they would have liked to. I'm ending my life not because of fear of punishment, but rather because I can't stand to live another day without her. I've lost our whole future together. Every moment we could have shared, I'm so sorry for everyone's loss. Please do not make life harder for my family. They lost a son and a daughter, the most wonderful girl in the whole world. Gabby, I'm sorry. She wasn't their daughter. They didn't give two shits about her. Um, he really made himself out to be a hero in that story, though. No, he didn't. If anything, that made him look even worse. No, I know. He's a piece of shit. But he was like, I had to do what I had to kill her. And my family, please don't hurt them because they're wonderful. And Gabby's family is wonderful. And everyone's wonderful. And I'm I'm a bad guy. But Gabby's I just did family it. is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yours, however, is not. And this may be an unpopular opinion, but both of his parents look like older versions of him. Ew. They all look the exact same. Ew. So I find it infuriating. She fell in a creek, so you killed her. This is the most insane thing I have ever heard. Listen, I'm not... It could be worse, okay? The but dude I'm, was wearing dry clothes. Why don't you... If you're so willing to just kill your girlfriend? Give her your shirt. I'm not the most coordinated person in the world. There's worse, but I roll my ankle at least three times a week. And not like I stepped on something and rolled my ankle. I mean, like, I'll just be standing there and my <laughs> ankle will just roll on its own. And I'll sometimes, sometimes I can stay standing up. Sometimes I just fall over. So what? I inadvertently roll my ankle and fall and my husband's like, well. Well, she's right. She's literally in the middle of making a tacos. Can't go on from this. I got to kill her. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he'd be dead so many times by now. Seriously. <laughs> But I wrote, he could have put his dry clothes on her and gotten her warm, got he her back could, to the He van. could have literally done anything literally except anything. what he did. Mm -hmm. He hadn't fallen in the water, so he could have just given her, her sh his shirt. Like, anything is better than anything, killing her. Literally anything. <laughs> but instead, he mercy killed her. Sure. I wrote, fuck off with this. If I mercy killed my kids every time they couldn't make it back from something, I would oh be my mercy God. killing all the time. <laughs> yes, every day. Three times a day. Yeah. This is horrendous. It is a self, it's self-serving and he's a real piece of garbage. Why don't you just call it what it is and say, if I can't have you, then nobody can. That's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. I hope I did Gabby good in this case. And for all of the laundry family, fuck off. I know that Gabby's parents have gone on with lawsuits for, um, with the laundry family for unreasonable pain and suffering. This is absolutely horrible for them. And they're going to have to deal with this for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And they also have a lawsuit against the Moab Police Department, which is the, the police department that pulled them over, yeah. which is sad because I really do feel like that guy was doing his best. Yeah. And being a human being. He wasn't just following the script that they have to do. Uh, I agree. So it says they have a lawsuit against the Moab Police Department for the way they handled Gabby and Brian when they pulled them over on August 12th. The officer that pulled them over made a statement that if he had any idea that this would have ended up this way, he absolutely would have taken Brian to prison. Well, of course. But he didn't know. I'm sure it is something that he lives with every day, and he just seems like he was trying to be kind. It is awful the way things turned out, but Brian and Brian alone is who should be blamed for all of this. And his parents. And his parents suck too, but yeah, that's the story of Gabby Petito. Wow. It's a sad one. She was so pretty. Yeah, she was. Not that it matters. No, but... She was just such a... She was a light... That's one of those, like her, when you say her smile yes. lit up a room. Always. It was infectious. And then this piece yeah. of shit. 
absolute piece of shit. So anyways, yeah, that's Gabby Petito. And I'm very sorry to have to tell it because I wish she was here. Wow. Same. Okay. Well, on to the next one. Bye. Bye.